Good morning. So this week was, um, raise your hand if you weren't here last week. Okay, a couple of you guys. So this is, uh, this is part two of last week. It was supposed to be part two of two. This ended up going to be part two of three. Um, the exhortation for us last week was for us to learn about being sent people, and then today we were going to go out uh, armed and equipped with gospel tracts and church invite cards, and we were going to send you guys out through these doors. Um, the Lord is sovereign, amen? And so God knew from the foundations of the earth that it would be 44 degrees and raining today, which do not cause for really great conditions for stopping people and having conversations about Jesus. Now, God can override that, um, and he's sovereign over that. But what we kind of determined as pastors and just using discernment and judgment, um, and honestly, I think God was pricking our hearts for what pricks his. There's a saying by a pastor named William Fulmer. He says, before you talk to people about God, make sure you talk to God about those people. And if you remember one of the points last week, and I'll read it real quick from Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 2. I'll read verses 1 and 2, uh, and then I want to focus in on verse 2. Verse 1 says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly. Everybody say, pray earnestly. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Pray earnestly. Okay, no shame or condemnation, but inside your hearts, raise your hand inside your heart. If you didn't pray earnestly this week for, the, for the, the, the labor that would go on here in the harvest. Okay, I'll just raise my hand out, outwardly. I didn't. And I was praying, you know what I prayed for? Good weather that we would go out. But I wasn't praying with my whole heart that God would, would, would equip us and, and burden us for this work of going out and trying to reach this community. And so I believe the Lord in his sovereign providence, said, you know what? I'm going to make it rain, and it's going to be cold, so that you guys will stop as a congregation and pray. That we'll stop as a congregation and pray. And I was just reminded, uh, even as we were thinking about the Lord's Supper, uh, the Lord's Supper takes place in Matthew 26. Uh, the Passover, Jesus tells, he institutes the Lord's Supper. And then if we go on to read just a couple of verses later, uh, Jesus is with them in a place called Gethsemane, and he says to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to, sorrow, to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrow, sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And I'm going a little farther, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it's possible that this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came back to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you could not watch with me one hour? So Jesus is, is getting ready to face his most terrible moment on earth. He's going to die for the people that's with him. And he's asking them, he's pleading with them, just pray for me as I go to start to endure this process. And what do the disciples do? They fall asleep. 
And I'm just going to confess, like, I, there's a lot of good things I did this week. I mean, it wasn't like I spent my whole week twiddling my thumbs aimlessly. I did a lot of good things for the Lord. But when it came to this mission of us going out here in this community, it was more of an afterthought, if I'm being honest. And so the sermon for us today is pray. We're going to pray. Oswald Chambers said, prayer doesn't prepare us for the greater work, but prayer is the greater work. Do you believe that? Do you believe in the power of God through prayer? Okay, one of you does. Well, I hope you're praying very often then. And the reality is, yeah, we'd say we do, right? It's commanded in Scripture. We see God moving. We've, we've all seen God answer our prayer requests, right? But yet, we often fail to pray. Or we relegate prayer to a few minutes in the morning, maybe praying before meals, and then when we go to bed. And Paul exhorts us, admonishes us to pray without ceasing. Prayer is the way we commune with the Lord. Prayer is a humble submission to say, God, you've got it. I don't. I need you to do this. Like Stephen said, man, this is impossible in my own strength. But with you, all things are possible. Jim, say all things. Jim. Jim will remind you, and he'll get very close to your face while he says it, that all things are possible with Christ. All things. But church, it starts with prayer. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to break away from, from sitting in here. Um, I'm going to pray for us really quickly, and I'm going to encourage everyone to put their jackets on. We're going to go to the portico, a.k.a. the patio, or if you're Hawaiian, the lanai. We're going to go to the patio, and we're going to pray for our community. And then next week, we're going to go out. So everyone who's watching online that didn't show up today, guess what? You get the opportunity to come back next week. And listen, I'm telling you, this is no shame or condemnation on anybody that didn't show up here today. You can almost guarantee that when it comes to corporate evangelism that you'll get half the church at best. Whether it's people's flesh, whether it's sickness, whether it's a variety of issues, you know why? Because Satan does not want us to go out and share the gospel in this neighborhood. And before I pray, I'm going to end with a story. Does anyone suffer with anxiety a little bit? Okay, me, you, you. Um, I do, and the Lord has been so kind to me. I, I, I wake up most mornings just in my mind, like as soon as I wake up, my mind's racing about all the things I have to do and all the things that maybe aren't going so well. And I have a son named Moses. You guys know Moses. And almost religiously, every day Moses will come in my room and he'll lay with me before he goes to school or whatever the case is. And I've really come to appreciate those moments because it's in those moments where young Moses, who's now eight, like I hope he, I don't know if I ever want him to stop doing this. So like, you have my, Moses, you have my permission until you leave our house. Like, and even after then, you can come back and do this. Might, things might look weird, but... I love it because he comes and he, he, he literally like gets in my bosom and I hold him. And it's as I'm holding him, my beloved son, and I'm holding him and I'm praying for him and I'm telling him how much I love him and how much God loves him, that I'm reminded that that's how God loves me.
And so when we think about evangelism, we need to think about all the people in this community who wake up with anxiety and stress, the people that have to kill that through alcohol, drugs, pornography, sex, violence, people who are anxious and don't know what to do with themselves, and they have to feed their flesh with the things of this world, which will never produce any lasting peace. And, and when, we de- when we decide for ourselves that we're not willing to go to them, what we're, what we're telling them and what we're telling God is they need to remain in that state. Because evangelism is really as the prodigal son turned back to the father and the father came running towards him with his arms open wide. That's what we're doing when we enter to the mission field. We're stepping out in faith and saying, come to the father You can be forgiven. You can be reconciled. You can be loved. You can have eternal rewards in Jesus. Come, we're here to love you. We want to help you with your anxiety, with your stress, with your drug addiction, your pornographic addiction, whatever it is. Come to the Father. He loves you. And when we don't go, what we're telling people is, you don't deserve what I've got. This is for me and not for you. And if you know your New Testament well, that's the same attitude the Pharisees had. Jesus broke down the walls of Jew and Gentile. And he said, my love is for all people. The reason Jesus had righteous anger and flipped the table in the temple was why? Because the the Jewish elite and those that were profiting from the sacrificial systems made a business in the place where the Gentiles were supposed to be able to come in. He withheld the people that were far from God from being able to come close. And so church, if we've been loved by God the Father, we have a responsibility to take that love to those who have yet to experience it. And we should believe in faith that as we go out in faith with our arms open wide, that men and women will respond. One more story and then I'll pray. Last Monday, if you guys didn't know, our DNA has been going out every other Monday night. We, we meet, we discuss a book we're reading peer into each other's lives, ask hard questions for the first hour, then the second hour we go out. And the first two weeks we went out with the little convergence cards and we were praying for people and God kind of, you know, gave us favor. We met people we were able to pray with and it was relatively like comfortable. I mean, it was uncomfortable like anytime you go out, but it, it wasn't really hard, I would say. Well, this last week we went out with those Gospel of John's, the Word of God, And it was like spiritual warfare just got ramped up a couple notches as we brought the word of God to the streets. We had people politely tell us to go shove off. They didn't use those words. We had people tell us to get out of here. And then there was a woman we encountered. And um, old John, John Camacho, if you didn't know, he's like the greatest guy to take with you for evangelism. Like people think I'm bold. (laughs) That brother, man, like, He's, he's, he goes for it. And I know this community well, and there's, there's a, a section of the community I didn't want to go just because I know it's like, it's just a little bit darker. It's, you know, literally like, like physically it's darker. Um, it's primarily just, just bars and it's kind of at the end of the street. And uh, I got some experience with, you know, in my past being down there. I just didn't never really wanted to go that way. And John's like, hey, let's go this way. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And uh, we start going there, and uh, we see this young lady on this bench, and, um, you know, and she's, you know, she looks, I guess, 
for lack of better words, maybe distressed, maybe a little odd. I mean, she was dressed in, in you know, just a weird outfit, I guess. And uh, I was kind of like making my way around to go back up the street and John walks over to her and he, he's like, hey, how you doing? And she's like, who are you? He's like, my name's John. I just want to give you one of these. And she's like, what is it? And he's like, it's, it's, it's a book of the Bible. And she, do you know who I am? I'm a witch. I'm a druid. I'm a pagan. How dare you? Bleep, bleep, bleep. How dare you come here? Do you know who you're bleeping with? And John was just like, what's going on? And like, she flipped out, man. And she, she confessed that there was a moment of pain. I won't go into detail, but there was something that just happened to her, which was catastrophic. And she picked up her wine bottle, and I, thought, I honestly thought she was going to hit John in the head with it. Like, seriously. I was kind of standing behind, just like observing the scene, ready to like restrain her if I needed to. I mean, it was, it was, it was intense. And she's yelling at him. She's blaspheming the Lord. She's telling how the Bible is unreliable, written by men, all the stuff you hear. And I could tell she was angry, and as she walked away, I just said, hey, did, did you, you know, and I reiterated back to her what she said, did, did you tell me that this is what you experienced? She said, yeah. I'm, it's like, I'm just sorry that you went through that. That's really hard, and I'm, I'm sorry for you. And then she opened her arms, and we hugged. And she held the hug. And just, we just held it. And then she looked at John. She said, get over here. And she gave him a hug. And, and we told her we loved her. We'd be praying for her. She said, please don't. But that's what we're doing when we go to these communities. We're going to places where people are hurting and they're broken. And they're looking for everything but Jesus. But they're looking for a solution to their pain that only Jesus can heal them from. And so wouldn't we want to offer that? Wouldn't you want to help people who are hurting and in the ditch? Shouldn't we want that church? Um. And so as we transition to the, the portico, we're going, to, we're going to observe the community. And it's kind of like when you go to Love Life and you go outside the abortion center and you see, like we're, we're out there to pray and worship, you see what's going on. It has a different effect than just praying at home. And so I want to encourage you guys. I know it's going to be cold, right? I know that the kids are going to want to not be out there and, and, and even maybe some of the adults are going to want to like, we need to get inside, but if my kids can jump on the trampoline for an hour with, in 40-degree weather with no socks, like, we can stand outside for 15 minutes and pray. Amen? So right now I'm going to pray, and I want to encourage you guys, posture your hearts right now just for prayer. And once I'm done praying, I want to dismiss us out those doors. I don't want anyone to talk to each other. Just put your jackets on. And we're going to head out there, and we're just going to press right into prayer. So this, this prayer will be a continuation as we go out and pray, okay? So, Father, we just ask right now, in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Jesus, it's, it's no mistake in Scripture that you ask your disciples to pray, and it was just hard for them. And so we just confess as a body, even us filled with your Spirit, that we struggle to pray. And so God, I pray over this next 20 minutes, God, that you would just empower us, Lord, to be people of prayer. 
And I pray, God, as we look out over our community and see cars going past and maybe some people walking, God, that we would be reminded that in this community are human beings created in your image. And I pray that, God, you would deepen our burden, Lord, for this community. I praise God, Lord, that we, we reach out in our missional communities, but, God, in, in many ways we've overstepped this community. And so, God, help me and help us, God, to truly pray in the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, guys, go ahead and put your jackets on and encourage you guys, don't even talk to your kids or your, or your, your brothers or sisters or friends. Let's go out there in the posture of humility and intercede together. Thank you for reminding us that we need to pray. We need to seek you, Lord, in prayer. Thank you, God, that prayer is not just some religious duty where we're throwing words in the sky and hoping that they stick, but God, that you see us, you know our hearts, you hear our words, and Lord, you advance your kingdom in participation with our prayers. The sovereign God of the universe listening to his children, answering prayers. Thank you, God, that you do the heavy lifting, that you do the hard work of saving souls, that it's our job just to deliver the mail. And so that's my prayer, Lord, that this week we would continue to prepare our hearts for next Sunday, but Monday through Saturday that we would deliver the mail wherever we are that we wouldn't just seek to be nice people who build friendly relationships with our neighbors, but people who are intentional about the bad news, the condition of man's heart, the eternal separation that is for every person born, but the good news that men, sinful mankind can be reconciled to a holy God through the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May we be people quick to listen, but also ready and quick to declare the hope of the gospel that we have in our work, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, at the lunch table, to our waitresses and waiters, to the people at the register of the gas station, Lord. God, you would use us to bring the message of the gospel to people who need to hear it. And we all need to hear it, Lord. So I pray this week you, there would be testimonies, Lord, of how you've used us to share the gospel with others. It's not our, our job to convert. It's our job to throw the seed. And we thank you that, God, you are the God of salvation. May we not be ashamed of the gospel. Help us all, we pray in Jesus' name.